Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This video is brought to you in partnership with Careerist. If you're anything like me, you're always looking to better yourself, learn something new, try something different. When that feeling extends to honing a new and rewarding set of skills that may lead to a very fine paycheck, well, that's where Careerist comes in. Careerist is an online learning platform that can teach you how to develop your own websites, create apps, test the software that powers those websites, and utilize those skills to implement computer systems for large companies. Skilled Careerist advisors will help you choose your path of study, help you to find 100% remote internships when your course is completed, provide one-on-one -on -one mentorship along the way, in addition to assisting in your dream job search. What's more, most courses can be completed in under six months. As a very special promotion, sign up through the link on screen and get up to $250 off the course of your choosing and start your journey towards an exciting and rewarding future today. When I was 11, I'm 40 now. I moved in with my best friend Charlotte and her family. My family and I were not getting along so well. So Charlotte's mom, Mercy, let me live with them for a few months. I stayed in Charlotte's room, and the two of us would get up every day, make our lunches, and head off to school. We lived in the nicer part of a poor neighborhood. Mercy worked full-time, and Charlotte's dad, well, he wasn't on the scene. Charlotte's brother, Dallas, was two years older than us, and the self-proclaimed man of the house. He had a whole stack of friends whose home situations were similar to mine. So it wasn't uncommon for the house to be full of teenagers by the time Mercy got home from work. Dallas's girlfriend lived next door. I never met her, but I remember there were always people coming and going from her house as well. Around this time, Dallas lost his front door key and we'd start noticing that food would go missing in certain instances of things not being where we thought we had left them. One day, Charlotte and I came home from school and headed to our room to drop our school bags off. We noticed that we each had an envelope on our pillows. At first, both of us thought that Dallas had decided to write us notes about how he thought we were ugly or smelly, you know, harmless big brother type teasing. My envelope had a drawing on the front that I didn't quite understand. I remember opening it and finding a letter inside. Charlotte passed me hers. Though the handwriting was messy, the letter told her how pretty she was. We both knew that there was no way these letters were from Dallas. That said, I didn't want to give her mine. The author of mine detailed how they were going to come in the house and rip me to death. And to ensure I understood, 
I realized that the strange picture on the front of my envelope was a crude drawing of somebody being assaulted in a very vile manner. Terrified, we called Mercy and told her what had happened, and she in turn called the police. When Dallas came home from school, we took the letters to show him and explained just how we found them. He came up to our room to look around and examine our beds and belongings. Dallas called all of his friends over and interrogated them in his mom's room with the door closed. Once he was satisfied it was none of them, he showed them the letters to see if they recognized anything familiar about them. Then they went out to ask the neighbors if they'd seen or heard anything out of the usual. They never found out exactly who left those envelopes, and the police said that there was nothing that they could do. I don't think Charlotte or I slept much for a week after that. When some of Charlotte's and Dallas's clothes showed up on a washing line at his girlfriend's house, we figured he must have lost his keys while visiting her, and that someone there had been coming over during the day to eat our food and steal our things. We changed the locks, and nothing else out of the ordinary happened. I was so scared and so angry. Every time people went over to her house, I wondered if it had been them, if they were the ones who snuck into Charlotte's room and delivered those foul letters to us. Needless to say, I was quite happy when that family moved away and took the regular riffraff with them. When I was younger, my family and I had a caravan in a holiday park in New South Wales, Australia. We would go there every school holiday, and there were many kids I used to run around and play with. I have fond memories of this place, where I learned to ride a bike and even had my first kiss. But other memories are not so good, and now leave me with that egg flip feeling in my stomach. The people that owned the caravan park had a son. He was roughly 25 years old, and I would have been around five or six at this time. He would drive around the park and collect everyone's rubbish on a tractor, and do other odd jobs like this to help out his parents. Every once in a while, he would pull up when I was playing out in the front and ask if I wanted to ride on the tractor. I, being young and naive, of course accepted and jumped right on, because what child doesn't want to ride on a tractor? This was back in the days where parents would let their children play in the streets without much supervision, and he just came back home when the streetlights came on. One day, when he dropped me back to our van, my dad came storming out, grabbed me by the arm and yanked me off the tractor. Without saying a word to the man, he took me inside and told me to never, ever hang out with him again. I don't want you hanging around with that man again, he said without saying why. But he's nice. He gives me candy, I say. Just don't. I'm telling you, don't talk to him, my father replied. I couldn't understand why my dad didn't want me talking to this nice man, who only gives me tractor rides, gives me the occasional lollipop, and sometimes splits his sandwich with me. I remember telling the man one day, my dad said I'm not allowed to talk to you anymore, to which he smirked and replied, oh yeah? Why is that? Fast forward nearly 13, maybe 14 years later, my family and I are gathered around the TV, watching the news, when the picture of a man flashes across the screen, attached to- Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. 
Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. A story where he had killed two people and is now serving time in prison. Well, wouldn't you know, it was the tractor man's face, aged by a decade and probably some poor life choices. My father looked at me and said, Look at this. I knew he was bad news. There was always just something about him. Do you remember when he used to take you around on the tractor? That never sat right with me. My blood ran cold and my stomach dropped. The most disturbing part? He killed people with pills he would call his lollipops. Please always listen to your parents. My God, I fear I would be dead by now if it weren't for them. I was 12 years old at the time of this story, in the sixth grade, and living in the south. At that time, the town's population was around 20,000, but when the local university was in session, it would nearly double that. It wasn't a place where everyone inevitably knew everyone else, but if you played 20 questions with each other, you could undoubtedly find people you both knew. My single mother and I lived in an apartment downtown and had been there for around eight months. It was summertime, and, as she worked and attended college, I was usually home alone during the day. Keep in mind, this took place in the early 90s. About halfway through the summer, a girl from my school, Maria, moved into a house about a block away from us. I didn't know Maria that well, and it wasn't until she moved in that I really started spending a lot of time with her. I did not know her parents, and they didn't know my mom. When this event occurred... We had been hanging out for maybe a couple of weeks, riding bikes and going to the library together. Her mother and stepfather worked all day too, so we were mostly alone. Then one day I was at her house when her mom was home. Maria and I were out in the yard when her mom came to the door and hollered for me. She was like, hey, did your dad ever manage to find you? Which to me was super weird. So I was like, what? Yeah. She said, your dad called here a couple of days ago and asked if you were at our house. He said he couldn't find you. I was stunned and had no idea what she was talking about. To Maria's mom, a virtual stranger, the call probably made sense. To those who knew me, though, it was wild. The actual people who knew me knew that my dad didn't live with me. He had never lived with me. In fact, he lived a couple of hours away in a different county, and at that point in my life, I could count the number of times he had been to my house on one hand. There was no animosity or drama there. He could see me whenever he wanted, but we weren't close at all. He'd never been to the town in which I was living, 
I hadn't seen him in at least six months, and seeing as to how we didn't have a phone, we hadn't recently spoken. He had no idea Maria even existed. He'd never met any of my friends. My mom hadn't even met Maria, or her parents. So I was a little freaked out and asked, are you sure it was me he was looking for? Maria's mom said she was sure. She said he'd apparently recited my full name, middle and all, and described me, including my recent haircut, and glasses. My dad had never seen my glasses. He didn't even know I wore them. I'd only had them for maybe a week. She said he'd asked if she knew where I was, that he couldn't find me, and she told him to try my apartment. He'd apparently said, okay, and simply hung up. Well, of course I went straight to a payphone and called my dad as soon as I left. And, of course, he had no idea what I was talking about. In fact, it bothered him. To this day, I have no idea what that was about. Was it a prank call, or somebody coincidentally looking for their daughter of the same name and physical description, and Maria's mom thought it was me? Or like some guy actually trying to abduct or stalk me? But in that case, how did he know to call Maria's house? He would have needed to know Maria's parents' last name for one thing, and her mother had remarried. Her last name was different. And what was the point of all of this? I was often alone. I was probably easily abductable at that time. Nothing like that ever happened again, but a few weeks later, I did get a really strange feeling after coming home from the used bookstore. I'd just gotten upstairs and had unlocked my apartment door when something like trepidation hit me with full force. The living room looked fine. I didn't see or hear anyone, but I got the strongest sense that someone had just been in that room a few seconds before. When I tried to step forward, every hair on my body stood straight up. I didn't question it. Just slammed the door, ran down the stairs, and stayed at the library until my mom got off of work. Maria's family moved a few weeks later, but we were there for another year. And as far as I know, nothing else happened. Upon telling this story, I felt compelled to FaceTime my mom and see if she remembered anything else. She not only remembered it, but said that she'd gone down and talked to Maria's parents at the time, something that I didn't know. Apparently, the guy had also asked if there were any places I might be, like he was fishing for information or something. The biggest thing, though, is that he asked using my full name. My dad never ever used that name. He's the only person in the world who calls me by a very certain nickname, a shortened version of my longer name. My 11-year-old theorized that whoever was calling was planning on abducting me and called Maria's house posing as my dad so that when I disappeared, my dad would be the main suspect. He may have known just enough about me to know that my parents were separated, but not enough to understand certain details, like my nickname or my parents' situation. Even 30 years later, I still find myself wondering, who was pretending to be my dad?
At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, some of our bottles can be remade in a whole new way, using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles using no new plastic, except the caps and labels. Learn more at madetoberemade.org.